0: I needed to move. I needed to do it soon. I was standing inside the doorway of an apartment building on Calle Alturas, just a few blocks from downtown San Jose, Costa Rica. It was an ideal location, but I knew my presence was going to start drawing attention any minute. Right now, the torrential downpour made it appear as if I were simply seeking shelter from the rain— However, such tropical afternoon showers usually gave way to sunny skies very rapidly in this part of the world. Once that happened, I would need to move quickly. I studied the house on the corner. Then I scanned my surroundings for a building public enough for me to monitor the residents from a distance. The overall construction of the house, with its concrete block walls and iron bars across the windows, appeared typical for the neighborhood. I could see nothing unusual about it. However, its innocuous look didn't mean anything. In fact, the normality of the place made it easy for me to believe it might be Ahmed Alamin's safe house in San Jose. On the other hand, I wasn't totally convinced Ahmed was even in Costa Rica in the first place. When I'd arrived at the CIA's operations center in Langley, Virginia, Douglas Carlton, my operations officer, had briefed me on the status of Ahmed Al-Amin, the Hezbollah assassin I was tracking. Afterward, I'd questioned one of the agency's logistics analysts on the authenticity of the San Jose address he'd given me. "'How can you be certain Ahmed is at this location?' I asked him. "'Because we're getting pings from all the texting.' I shook my head. "'I can't believe Ahmed is using an unencrypted cell phone.' He's one of Hezbollah's top operatives, and if he's using his cell phone, he certainly knows our satellites can track him. Oh, it's not Ahmed who's doing the texting. It's the Venezuelan kid who's with him. Every night he sends a text message back to his girlfriend in Austin. Ahmed might not even know the guy is using his cell phone. Would Ahmed really be that oblivious to what his travel companion was doing? Somehow, I doubted it, but I didn't argue with the impossibly young analyst. Instead, I turned my attention to Josh Kellerman, a briefer from Support Services who spent the next thirty minutes going over my legend, explaining the myriad of details involved in the cover identity I would be using in Costa Rica. My business card indicated I was Rafael Arroyo, Vice President of Sales for Global Resources. Kellerman gave me a brief overview of the industrial refrigeration units I was supposed to be selling along with several boring but colorful brochures. The Rafael Arroyo legend was one I'd used on previous trips to the Middle East, although then I'd been given an Arabic name. Strangely enough, I felt very comfortable in the skin of a refrigeration salesman. Following my briefing with Kellerman, I went over to meet with Sandy Afton, she was in the southwest wing of the agency's new headquarters building where support services had an area the size of a department store which was solely devoted to men and women's clothing. Although the women's section was twice as large as the men's section, I never questioned the need for this. As soon as I arrived, Sandy showed me the clothing choices she'd made for me. I approved most of them, and after that, while my suitcase was being packed by one of Sandy's assistants, I changed into a guayabera and a pair of dark slacks for my flight to Costa Rica. When I had come out of the dressing room looking like a refrigeration salesman, Sandy had deposited the clothes and shoes I'd just removed, along with my wallet and any other items identifying me as Titus Ray, inside a metal box about the size of a small footlocker. The last thing I did was hand over the keys to my Range Rover. I did so reluctantly, because although I'd just purchased the car two months before, I'd already fallen in love with it. Or maybe I'd simply fallen in love with the idea of owning my own vehicle. I said, my car is parked over by the west gate in the parking lot used by security. Why is it parked over there? Because there's a handgun underneath the front seat, plus a spare in the glove compartment, and I have extra ammo clips in the side pocket of the duffel bag in the back. She smiled. I can see why they wouldn't let you drive inside the complex. Speaking of weapons, I know you don't want me to issue you a firearm before you leave, so I've instructed the embassy in San Jose to provide you with whatever you need when you get there. I seldom requested the necessary credentials permitting me to get on a plane with a gun. Doing so was too much of a hassle and only served to draw attention to me.